Hi, this is Christy, and you're listening to a Fostered Life podcast. And then this is the first time I'm doing a podcast episode on the fly. This is going to be a short episode, but I did want to do something um, while I was thinking of it and while I had a minute. So I have a couple of people lined up to interview in the next week or two. So I am going to be coming back with some new episodes, some new interviews. But I got an email today, or rather a Facebook message today from a listener who wanted to share with me um, some feedback that she had on one of my episodes. And what she shared with me was something that I really felt compelled to share with you. And she did not want to go on the record, and I don't blame her one bit. But um, she was sharing with me that she was listening to the episode that I recorded with um, Kevin, who was my um, epi- my guest who talked about being a child who experienced sexual abuse as a child. And um, we talked about how foster parents can do things differently to really try to um, meet the kids where they're at and to um, take into account how they might experience a foster parent through the lens of having been abused, particularly sexually abused. And we talked about how for a lot of kids in foster care, Um, assuming that their abuser was a man, um, that they might come into the home and immediately have some fear of the men who they um, are now being cared for by. And we talked about some of the ways to curb that or to at least take it into account to um, show some compassion, um, create some boundaries and all of that. So I encourage you to listen to that episode if you haven't um, to learn, you know, sort of what Kevin shared and what we talked about. But she wrote to me and she said, I'd really like to bring something up with you. I'm listening to the podcast on parenting children with sexual abuse, but I would really like you to think about something in the opposite way. She said, um, think about it the other way around. When you get a child, you do all kinds of things to help. If a male abused them, what would you do if the primary abuser was the mother, especially physical and sexual? And she began to share with me her story of having been sexually abused by her own mother and eventually landing in a home where she was safe and she was with a couple who were safe, but the very nature of the woman stepping into the role of mother or caregiver for her really made it hard for her to be in their home and it made it hard for them to relate. And she was sharing with me that it was not until many years later that um, she was able to recognize how many of the conflicts they had and the struggles they had had to do with the fact that she had not dealt with the abuse that she had suffered at the hand of her mother and now she was in the care of someone who was a safe mother but she didn't have a framework to understand that role and um, she said they did a very good thing but none of us truly understood what exactly was going on complicated by the fact that I dissociated to the point of splitting into parts Um, she said I had no clue until years later that all the triggers were going on and some of the confusion that went on in their house was due to triggers and um, and then she just said that she hoped to someday speak with them again and to maybe mend the fences because it sounds like things had not ended well for them I'm sharing this today because I want to just mention that 
it isn't always a male abuser. There are times when the abuser is mom or another female caregiver. And it's really important for any foster parent to go into a relationship with the kids who come into your care, assuming that you just don't know. You just don't know what they've been through, and you don't want to assume. You don't want to assume that they're comfortable with you. You don't want to assume that they're not, but you definitely don't want to assume that they are. And so as she and I interacted and, and we went back and forth and just shared some different thoughts back and forth with each other, the, um, the kind of substance of what I shared was that it's important that we always let the children lead the way in terms of how comfortable they are with everything from being alone together, maybe even alone in the kitchen or alone in the house. Just watch how your kids behave when they're alone with you. If they seem uncomfortable, pay attention to that. And certainly how a child feels about affection, how a child feels about um, uh, hugs and, you know, how they feel when you're tucking them in. Pay attention to how their body is responding because a lot of times they will have no idea why they're acting the way they're acting or why they're feeling the way they're feeling. But it's to do with triggers. And a lot of times the triggers we have are not things that we recognize. It's not things we can put words to. And certainly children who've experienced these things can't put words to the things that they're feeling a lot of the times. And they don't even know. Like this woman said, I'm in my 40s now. And I'm finally understanding why I couldn't relate to these, this woman who was treating me really well. She was like, she was really safe. She was really kind. But um, I couldn't accept it and I couldn't lean into that relationship with her. And it really sabotaged them. If you're a foster parent and you have a child who just seems, I mean, honestly, irrationally afraid of you, there is something behind that and you need to listen to it, you need to pay attention to it, and um, the most important thing of all is you need to not take it too seriously, uh, as in not take it personally, I should say. Definitely take it seriously, don't take it personally. So um, I'm standing in Chicago O'Hare Airport with my six-year-old. We are waiting for our plane to go home, but I've been communicating with this, this listener, and just while I had some time here, I wanted to record this quick response and just to say, there are so many layers that children who've experienced trauma you know, go through, and just because they find themselves in a safe place or they find themselves with someone who genuinely cares does not mean that they can leave their trauma at the door. And if a child has been abused by a parent, a mother or a father, it will very likely affect how they're able to relate to a future caregiver. And you could be the safest, most loving person in the world, but to that child, you're a threat. And that was the point that this woman wanted to make to me. She wanted to let me know that um, it goes both ways. It, you know, it can be a female caregiver or a male caregiver. And a lot of times the children themselves do not know why they can't feel safe with this person. They, they don't know why they feel the way they feel. They just do. So I wanted to share this. This is an unusual episode. It's a short one and I didn't do my normal intro or anything like that. But I do want to just say that I think it's so important for those of you listening who have been through things like this, don't, don't wait any longer to get some help with what you've been through. Even if you're much, much older, even if it's been years and years and years since you went through what you went through, your body remembers it. The body keeps the score and you, 
you won't be free until you confront it head on with someone who can guide you and someone who can walk with you through some form of, of healing, therapy, all of that. Um, if you have been abused and you've never been able to talk about it, please reach out to me. If you just want someone you can share your story with, I will protect your identity. I will never share your story um, without your permission. But I just want you to know you're not alone and you're not crazy and um, you matter and you deserve to find the healing that you need so desperately. So um, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you find it helpful. And um, if you uh, if you have any questions, you can always email me at christy at a or reach out to me on Facebook at a fostered life. Thanks so much. And I will be back with you in an episode very soon where I will be interviewing ACASA and talking about the work of court-appointed special advocates. That's going to be the next episode, and it's coming up very soon. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you later.